Time Radio gets underway this morning. We have uh, Joni Holm in studio along with Dr. Rick Holm. Good morning. Welcome. Nice to have you both here. Um, even, you. Are you well rested now? Yes, I had a nice little nap on the way back. Good deal. Yep. Joni? Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening. You can call in your questions at 692-1430 if you have a question of a medical nature. Rick, what would you like to start with? Well, I wanted I wanted to ask that you call in some questions. This would be a nice morning to talk about uh, anything. You know, we it's a time of the year that there's a lot of depression, uh, and this is the highest tum- um, amount of suicide this time of the year. Uh, this is also a time when the sun is coming back. Um, people are getting excited about the summer. Uh, around here, it is quite a deal because the springtime is a magical time uh, um, but health-wise uh, the 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 Floridians and the Texas and the Arizonians Texans and the Arizonians come back the the snowbirds fly home and uh, and we've we've I remember my whole life um, caring for people who are uh, older and I would think that in the f- in the winter uh, as a lot of snowbirds left, that I would have less business. But the illnesses increased, so the people that stayed made up for the, the de- decrease in the number of, of uh, snowbirds down south. And then when, uh, it le- and when they returned, they all wanted to be reexamined, and that was a rush. But at the same time, uh, illnesses decrease in the summer. It's, you know, the walk-in clinic is quite a lot easier in the summer than it is in the in the winter so it's an interesting up and down uh with uh the seasons <coughs> so we'd like your questions uh and the only other th- thing that i thought i could start with would be about skin cancer go ahead what about skin cancer well uh so there there are uh there's the the most common skin cancer is basal cell carcinoma which is classically a kind of a pearly shiny color often with a central ulcer not always with a central ulcer uh and it is a benign malignancy you know that's just like saying a um uh uh the opposite a a cold hot you know what i mean uh it is a a, as a rule very uh non-spreading it just spreads locally. It doesn't spread into the blood. And so that's the kind of have if you have it. Uh, as a rule, uh, you really can just scrape it off wherever it may be, although the dermatologists are becoming more and more aggressive, I think partly because they, they learned Mohs surgery and it's, a, and it's, and it's, um, it's the purest uh, curative thing and, it, and it's the safest thing for people and it's the... Uh, and uh, on the other, because it's a cancer. On the other hand, it's maybe a little bit too aggressive. It's sort of like mammography being finding more cancers that are benign, or let's the PSA finds more cancers that are that are not needed. So there's this balance part of medicine that's kind of hard to explain. But anyway, basal cell carcinoma, I usually just curette those out. There's there's also squamous cell cancer, which is more aggressive. And there's malignant melanoma, which is the most aggressive. And there's a kind of versions of in-between um, uh, different subgroups uh, in those three major groups. Let's go over that A, B, C, D, E on uh, skin growth to remind people. Well, oh, mostly that is in picking up malignant melanoma, which is a very 
dangerous cancer that can spread by the blood and uh, is uh, to be avoided at the most uh, if you can. And of course, the major thing to remember is tanning beds and too much sun and all those things can bring on malignant melanoma. But what can you do to find it early? One thing to realize is you, sometimes you can't find it early. Sometimes it's non-melanotic malignant melanoma. In other words, it's a white little thing. And so who, who doesn't have white little things as you get older? It's hard to pick it up. It's not always in the sun-exposed areas. I had one patient who had malignant melanoma between her toes. Um, so uh, it can be anywhere and it can act funny. But the majority of them are pigmented. And the ABCDE rule is, uh, and this is really, I wrote about it. Uh, they asked me to write a chapter in, uh, or a, an article in the South Dakota Journal in Prevention Mag in uh, Prevention Special Edition. And uh, I really thought about this hard. Uh, is there a better way of measuring or picking it up? And there are other countries who use different uh, modalities, but I really think this is the best one. A stands for asymmetrical or not symmetrical, no symmetry. In other words, uh, not a perfect little circle. Irregular border. Well, that's uh, B. A is asymmetrical. Okay. B is border. Border is not sharp. In other words, it can be a fuzzy border. It can be an irregular border. Um, so if it's a perfectly round thing that has a very sharp border, and we're talking uh, pigmented, uh, C is color. The pigment is only one pigment, then it's safe. If it's multiple pigments, in other words, there's a little purple, there's a little brown, there's a little black, you know, the cha changes. That's a bad sign as well. So asymmetrical, in other words, not round. B, border is fuzzy. C, color is variegated, var multiple colors. C, D is diameter larger than the width of a pencil. So if you have pencil a... Pencil eraser. Well, or the width of a pencil. Right, but not the point. Right, not the point, but the but the, the width of the pencil, the eraser side of it, it width. Uh, so that is about seven millimeters. If it's more than seven millimeters, it's starting to get more worrisome. And the uh, ABCDE is evolving or ev ev evolution. Changing. Changing over time. It used to look like this, now it's bigger. Now it's bigger. Um, it's changing colors. There's a new color on it. Then you just bring it in and have somebody look at it. And if somebody looking at it, um, if it isn't an obvious something, they'll have a they'll have it biopsy. Now the most common thing that you do see is uh, seborrheic keratosis, which can look A B C D E. I mean, they're little waxy, uh, non-malignant, common pigmented spots, aging pigmented spots. And if they're waxy, in other words, you can scrape it and get little pieces off of it. Commonly, you'll see it all over the backs of these farmers that, you know, lived too many years with their shirt off. Um, but, I mean, you can see these, these kinds of things uh, popping up. And sometimes it's hard to tell whether this is a malignant melanoma versus a seborrheic keratosis, and then you have a biopsy. Well, we do have a question that's come in, but let's take our first break, and then we'll be right back. And if you would like to call your question in, please call us at 692-1430. Thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio. 
we are talking about skin cancer and our question came in right on target of talk a little bit about the squamous cell carcinomas and how are they different okay squamous cell carcinomas are can be very benign and you can scrape them off and that's fine but three percent of them will spread by blood to a lymph node and then the lymph node to the lung or the lymph node to the liver or lymph node to the brain. So squamous cell cancer can spread and it can spread not only through the lymph system and through the blood system, but it'll spread locally too. And how do you differentiate between a basal cell, rather benign skin cancer and a squamous cell cancer? You know, it's interesting as I studied that in preparation for that article, uh, sometimes basal cells will look like squamous cell cancers, and sometimes squamous cells will look like basal cell. And so it's hard to know. If in doubt, get it checked. Yeah, if in doubt, take it out. Uh, uh, but uh, most of the time, uh, what we really deal with is pre-squamous cell cancers called actinic keratosis. So actinic keratosis are the scales that people get, particularly if they're like Bob, blue-eyed, light-complected, uh, never got a sun tan, got a sunburn very easily, um, you know, freckles, uh, those kind of Scandahuvian, uh, you know, Western European kind of skin, they say Scotch-Irish, um, uh, those kinds of people... Uh, we'll get a lot of squamous cell cancers. Uh, the farmers, in particular, in the old days before we had sunscreen, uh, there's they would they would you know they'd burn and then they would burn and they would burn and they would burn and then you know as they came into their sixties, these skin cancers start to pop, pop up, and you do, you really do see them in the light complected people. You don't see them in people like you so much, Joni, because you are dark complected but the heavy the lighter complected people in particular get the squamous cell or the um, pre-squamous cell cancer uh, actinic keratoses and uh, if you if you freeze them uh, with uh, liquid nitrogen uh, uh, you you can remove them in that way and so you you can spray them uh, or you can use a a cotton uh, gauze dabber and freeze these little actinic keratosis and get rid of them and, and, and try to prevent squamous cell cancer. Let's go back to squamous cell cancers. Uh, I had a case of a person who had a, a squamous cell uh, cancer uh, on her forehead. Um, I didn't know there was squamous cell. I, I anticipated it was basal cell. It, was, it had a kind of a shiny edge to it and it was growing and it was definitely a little tumor that was needed to be removed. And so I prepped it with uh, a lidocaine infiltration, and then I took a curette, which is you know basically a cup-like scraper, and I would I scraped it out, and it scraped off very easily, and plopped that into a little specimen jar to send into pathologist, and then I aggressively scraped it in in uh, in all directions, northeast, southwest, uh, you know, just uh, scraping the edges, the deepness, all around very aggressively, and then I burned it with uh, silver nitrate. You can burn it with electrocautery as well. But that, the standard is you burn it. When you, can, when you can do that in a basal cell cancer, it's gone. I mean, it's, you, you've got it. It'll almost 
95 percent of the time you it will not return um, this was a squamous cell I was surprised it came back squamous cell so the standard um, is that you know you of course three percent of them will be spread if you curette them away even if you curette them away three percent will spread if I, but the literature and all of the data says that if you excise them with you know like the shape of an eye uh, with a uh, knife you cut down and then you remove this whole section three percent will spread so uh, I have gone in the direction of the curatage rather than excising them uh, to make sure the margins are all perfect and all that that's the old that's an older uh, way and uh, the long and the short of it is it uh, the, the patient did not want to have a wide excision left it alone how about the scarring in the end in the end uh, when you curette things away you have a little less than pigmented area um, uh, and theoretically uh, you know it can be prettier than uh, a stitch line I've seen stitch lines that were uglier than the curatage. What well, isn't part of the stitch line is the, how fine the stitches are and, and if they're taken out at the right time. That's part of it. And part of it is the person. Some people are uh, scar formers and some people are not. And, the, and it's just the way they are built. Uh, keloid, uh, keloid formers, for example, particularly black people or higher pigmented people will have more uh, scarring in a stitch. So it's kind of hard to know, and uh, you know you do. So what has been done uh, sometimes when you have an area that is squamous cell, and it's a there's a danger there, uh, or you think it's a squamous cell, or it's really beyond your ability to just curette in your office, you'll send it to the dermatologist and or the plastic surgeon. Often the plastic the dermatologist uses a plastic surgeon, and they. Uh, remove as much as they can and then have the plastic surgeon clean it up and make it the best cosmo cosmetic, cosmetic. Uh, thing you can. Better yet, though, with all of this, that you prevent it. And so here it is. It's the perfect time to, to make the spiel for sunscreen because uh, the equinox has not yet occurred, but it will. So they say from equinox to equinox, starting in the first day of spring in a week, Bob? Isn't it June? Uh, no, 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 the first the 21st of June? March. March. 21st of March, right, right, right. It's in a week. Yeah. Um, so the equinox to equinox, 21st of March, you start wearing sunscreen in the morning. You just spray it on. Uh, if you don't like rubbing that uh, creamy stuff on your face, which is my preference, preference is to spray it on. And then you've got it all day. And if, of course, you're going to be golfing or you're going to be boating or whatever it is, then you, you spray it on again whenever you go out. So you put on the sunscreen uh, from the beginning of the spring to the first day of fall, which is in September. And then you have, when the, di when the days start getting longer than night, you need to start putting on the sunscreen. Well, let's take our second break, and then we'll come back to the subject. And please call in your questions to Prairie Doc Radio at 692-1430. 
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Thank you for listening. During the break, we were talking about uh, tumors that can form in the eye and the importance of protecting your eyes. And in the winter, when we have snow, and as we do in our area, you've got more reflection. So what's the data, or do you know the data, on are sunglasses protective in preventing some of that eye damage? You know, I don't think we know why malignant melanomas you know, the skin cancer occur on the back of the eye, on the retina of the eye. Uh, We know they do. And, of course, uh, could it be related to sun exposure? Of course, does, well, here's the question is, does light get into the retina? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what what makes the the retina receive the, the picture that we use to guide us through our walking and activities of every day, that when you're looking, you're seeing light and it's concentrating on the back of your eye so of course it does but i don't know if there's any scientific data to say that if you use sunglasses you prevent malignant melanoma you certainly can't smear the back of your eye with sunscreen i think it would and that's a good question that we should research you would you would think it would Mm -hmm. but you've got to be careful with that because common sense doesn't always follow what what is uh, the truth uh, sometimes the paradox is true. One thing I'd like to point out that I've heard, and, and I don't know that, I certainly haven't seen it, I don't know if you have, but uh, a skin cancer under the nail bed, particularly toenails, fingernails, and in our day and age, there's a lot of women who get their nails done continually and don't have bare nails. To be able to look at. To be the able to look at. Yeah, uh, that's really true. Malignant melanoma in particular will be under the nail, subungual, and you will have a subungual melanoma, and you can see something's going on underneath the nail. And when something happens underneath the nail, the most common cause is trauma. Uh, Fungus can get in there. You know, there's a lot of reasons uh, that isn't malignant melanoma, so don't panic. But at the other hand, when you see a pigment, now, I mean, you know, you you can get a, 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 a... hematoma, a little bloody bruise. Uh, bruise underneath the nail, and it will grow out. If this isn't growing out, then you need to have it biopsied. I had one, uh, I picked up one malignant melanoma under the nail because it wouldn't go away, and, you know, I, I, I gave it the time to, you know, we'll follow this. <clears throat> and when you say, I'm going to follow this and watch this, you take a risk because the patient may not come back in time, or you know you may you know if your records aren't good enough to make sure that you check it again, that whole deal. But but it does speak to uh, women take that polish off and look at your nail look periodically, at your nails, and also for <clears throat> people in the nail business to be conscientious, and they might be the first to pick it up, right? Because uh, taking that polish off both the toes and the fingers, you, you see dark. Uh, changes that are persistent in particular um, and and you know if you if the, the person doesn't know I don't know if it was there or not I mean I don't look at my toes I always have nail polish on then you've you know there's a risk there what do you feel about um, a particularly a light-skinned person who is at higher risk seeing a dermatologist or seeing their their family practitioner for a full skin inspection on a yearly basis I think, um, well, let me put it this way. I'm a big believer on a physical exam. History and physical exam is way underrated right now. It's been, uh, it was very important when I went through training. 
then suddenly we've got CAT scans and MRIs and uh, this medical record that demands that you spend all this time checking these stupid boxes and uh, you've lost your communication skills and you haven't written the story down in a way that reminds you to look at that skin lesion next time when I see him again those kinds of things um, so um, it it's just begs the question though how often is your skin totally looked at and then so I don't think it is even in a normal once exam. a year once a year a person should come in i got lost on that anger about the the darn electronic medical record thank you for saving me so once a year you should get down to the the skivvies and your skin and you should be seen by your doctor or your nurse practitioner or your pa and they should go through you and look everywhere you know in fact even through your hair you know and um you know you give them a good history as you're examining them uh, and you know you start at the top and you ask them about their hair if there's been hair loss and you go through their hair and you look at your eyes and if you vision changes and you look in the ears you ask about hearing changes and you look in the mouth and you talk about changes or sores or anything like that and then you look at the skin of the face and of the neck and then you feel the thyroid and then you just ask as you march your way through the body now that's what your doctor should do ask your doctor to do it and i think once a year a guy starting at 50 should have a rectal exam now there's some argument about that a gal um uh, you know you can do a pelvic exam now they're saying a pelvic exam every two years uh and then maybe you don't even need it after 75. uh i do th i i've looked at enough colons and found enough cancers to tell you that i really like yearly hemocult testing and uh, stool for blood. I want to quick ask a question before we run out of time. What about oral lesions? What about spots on your lips? Uh, those are those pigments can be malignant melanoma and squamous cell cancers. And I have one man who had a squamous cell cancer right on his lip, and I cured it at one time, and it didn't go away. And I, another time, it didn't go away. I, he Shut had it. He had. I sent him to the plastic surgeon, and he has a. It, I should have sent it right away well when we see it, even inside the mouth if you notice lumps bumps changes in colors they should be cancers can occur checked. in the mouth on the tongue most common squamous cell cancers that i've been seeing head and neck squamous cell cancers are start on the tongue correct so you've you've just got to look at your body think about the skin lesions think about the changes that are going on so if you and have sores that aren't healing or you have uncomfortable areas, get them checked by the dentist or the or your right. doctor. And tomorrow night's basketball. It's not on call, but we're going to record a show on cost of health care. So are we done? Are we ready to go? Thank You're very near it. Thank you all for listening to Prairie Doc Radio. We'll hope you'll tune in again next week. Same time, same place. And Rick? Thank you. And stay healthy out there. Thank you, Joni. Thank you, Bob. Uh, and you guys enjoy your, start thinking about sunscreen. <laughs>